Let's turn to Acts 16. We kind of uh, did a service on this theme just a few weeks ago, but Pastor Scarlett and I had it both in our hearts to to uh, reiterate it and come back to it. The power of praise. I, I just think that uh, in this day and time in which we live, that we can't be over-encouraged in power of praise. Um, Brother Shambach used to sing a song, Hallelujah Anyhow. And uh, he's <laughs> a great little song. It's Hallelujah Anyhow, never let your troubles get you down. When life's trials come your way, open up your mouth and say hallelujah anyhow. And uh, I kind of like that idea that no matter what comes against us, you know, you can't control what comes against you. I, don't you wish we could just just say, now, Lord, these trials here, you know, A through Z, we don't want any of those. So um, anything else we think we can handle. But uh, we don't pick what the attack is or how things are I mean who could have who could have predicted unless the Lord would have shown them uh what was going to be happening in the world I was on the phone today with a friend of mine uh Pastor Don Clowers from uh, Dallas and he was saying you know who could have imagined that the entire world would be affected by this uh you know it used to be that maybe pandemics and things like this were were uh, or epidemics, I guess they would have been called, not so much a pandemic, but an epidemic might have been uh, isolated, you know, in maybe one region of the world or one country or something. Uh, oftentimes it would be the the more underdeveloped nations that might have something like that to break out. But uh, this is something that has affected the world. And then the economic fallout from that, and then also... Uh, now all this, uh, I don't know what you call it, anarchy, I guess is the word. And, and, I mean, you know, they were having riots in the streets of London over what was happening in Minneapolis. It's like, when did London get so interested in what's happening in Minneapolis? You can't even get good fish and chips in Minneapolis. I mean, I, I'm surprised the Brits scared, but, uh, it was just, uh, uh, it was just a, a it's, it's just a strange time where nothing makes sense. And, uh, I think there's other forces without getting into all my conspiracy theories. There's other forces at work. And right now they are conspiracy theories because I don't have any proof of anything, but I kind of have a gut feeling about things. But you know that the world in some way or another has always been messed up. Now, let me tell you when that started. It started in the Garden of Eden. And when, when Adam, uh, sold his birthright and lease, violated the terms of the lease on earth, on planet earth, um, he handed the keys of it over to the devil. Well, uh, when, when, um, that happened, you know, uh, they, they got ran out of the Garden of Eden. Of course, you know, uh, it wasn't before Adam blamed his wife for the whole thing. Isn't that something? There's a, there's a lesson. You know, 
God finally questions them about their debacle, and he blames Eve. He says, what do what you got to say about it, Adam? He goes, this wife you gave me has been a problem. It's, and started, you know, marital arguments have continued <laughs> in this world ever since. Uh, and, and isn't that this, isn't that just the spirit of what goes with sin? Not only do we fail, but then we, uh, try to, not only do we fail, but then we try to, uh, blame, blame, you know, someone else for the failure. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Appreciate that. And, uh, it's good to hydrate. Those of you that are watching, go, to your fridge and hydrate. But only water or other Pentecostal approved drinks. Okay. Stay away from Corona. All right. There you go. All right. Uh, Acts 16. Anyway, we have this. Story of some guys that were at a time when it was tough. You know, we talk about the persecution against the church and, uh, we need to push back on it, but it could get a lot worse before it gets better. Let me just tell you, in the United States, we have meltdowns if they just say something about us. You know, they, all the pastors are up in arms and afraid. And of course, all persecutions start with words. They are important. But uh, we got a long ways to go before we're in the condition of things in the early church where they were dragged into the Circus Maximus and, you know, fed to wild animals in front of everybody. So, uh, yeah, there is some persecution. Yes, we need to stand up for ourselves. Yes, we need to fight back. But, folks, we're nowhere near where even today some things are in the world. And so we need to, at the same time, while we're standing up for our rights, we need to be thanking God that we live in a nation that, as of today, allows us religious freedom. Yeah. To own property that's tax-exempt and that the income is tax-exempt and um, that we can meet freely and we don't have a, a government monitor here uh, asking to see our sermon notes before we preach. Yeah. And uh, those things have happened in the world, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's time, and I keep preaching to preachers, but it's time to, yeah, to be concerned, be proactive, but don't lose your head in it and become, you know, like wacko over this. Before you know it, you're not preaching the gospel anymore. You're preaching issues and, uh, you're just arguing with CNN from the pulpit. And, um, I think that they might win on that argument because they got the microphone 24-7. So there's just no need in going there and try to fight this battle. Our battle is not with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers in the unseen realm is where we have our warfare, and that's where we need to fight our battle. And in the pulpit, preach the gospel. Glory, which I'm going to attempt to do right now. And Pastor Scarlett has to share the service she agreed to do this at the house, but when we got to the church, she started making overtures about not helping me. So, 
we just have to lift our hands this way and pray in, in you know, warfare tongues to keep it from going wrong. All right. Acts 16. We, we lived through that. That, that passed like gas. Okay. Acts 16. Uh, you know the story. These guys, Paul and Silas, cast the devil out of the wrong person. And, uh, um, you know, because she was making money, this, this soothsayer girl, woman was making money for them and they didn't like it and set her, set her free and they brought false accusations against them and so forth. And, uh, so they got thrown into prison and, uh, I mean, they tore their clothes off and, and I, I guess they just threw them in without any clothing on. And just to, just to humiliate them. And it says uh, in verse 24, the, the jailer having received such a charge thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. So their, their ankles are tightened down into, into some kind of apparatus and their, their arms are, you know, it's just the picture of a, of, uh, of, of what you've seen from that kind of imprisonment in that day. And, um, it says in verse 23, and at midnight, Paul and Silas discussed where they may have missed it and, uh, how that, uh, they don't understand why the word's not working and, uh, why didn't God rescue them? Is that what it says? Well, that's what faith people do. If something goes wrong, we sit around and talk about where we missed it and why the word didn't work. It's like, well, you sang the wrong song. That wasn't the song the Lord wanted. The Lord wanted the other song, and now he's mad, and now you're in jail. We lived through that era, too. Thank God that ended. Some of that is crazy. Uh, anytime you start making up stuff that's not in the Bible, you end up with weird doctrine. I don't care who's doing it, but thank God the word doesn't say any of that, that I just repeated stuff I've heard. Like I said, there's two times the devil will attack you when you're out of the will of God and when you're in the will of God. That's the only two times. (laughs) Thank God they didn't. Thank God they had more confidence than that in the word. And you know what? I believe by then they were so committed, they didn't really even care what happened to them. You know, we think about, oh my, you know, must just be so distressing. They weren't distressed. I think they didn't care if they'd cut their heads off. I'm telling you, this is where they were with God and with the word and the freedom that they had experienced in Christ. Paul, remember all the majority of his letters, which are so encouraging and so uplifting were written while he was in prison. You couldn't have gotten... Yeah, good thing the Pentecostal publishing houses weren't in charge of those letters. They would have rejected him because he was a convict. Just saying. All right. It says that... uh Let's read what it really says in verse 25, and not the weird version that I've made up. 
What does it really say happened when they're in there? Not sure what's going to happen. They've been stripped naked. They've been beaten. They've been locked in a prison that's probably got rats running around and you know, you don't know what. And it says that at midnight, Paul and Silas, number one, they prayed. When things don't go well, pray. Get God connected to this situation. Never say, never say, I don't know what we're going to do. What are we going to do? Oh, Lord, what are we going to do? That's the way the world talks. The way the, the believers talk is, thank God I'm saved. Thank God I'm filled with the Spirit. Thank God the Holy Spirit's with me. Thank God God's working all things for my well-being. God's going to turn this around. What was meant for evil will be turned around for good. Can you say amen? amen? And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. Well, that'd be a good thing for us to do. When you think about COVID and Antifa and other groups uh, that are, you know, raging and pillaging and everything. Sure. I mean, we all have, we all have a civic and political opinion about all that, but unless we're in charge of it, we're, nobody's asking us what should be done. You don't want to know what I think about some places. It's not good, but, uh, I have a right to my opinion. I'm going to, Free person here, moral agent. I can think what I want, but I'll tell you when it comes to to what we can do, what we can really do, and we can sit around and gripe and complain and beat on the table and and spit and whatever else, but it was not going to change it. Let's talk about what could change it. Well, if we elect so and so president, oh really? I mean, since when did we depend on the president? Let me tell you, I was, again, I was talking to my friend, uh, Don Flowers today, and I said, everything's failed. I wish people, I wish Christians could see it, political Christians, I wish they could see everything has failed thus far. The government has failed. The medical world has failed. The financial world has failed. You understand, the religious world isn't helping anything. It's all down the tubes right now. Well, I'm believing it's going to turn around. So for all of our griping and complaining and marching and voting and everything else, here's what we have. Okay, yippee. Now, let's really do something that'll make a difference, and that is at midnight, we're going to pray. What's the significance of midnight? That's the special hour the Lord picked. No, midnight is the darkest hour, the darkest time. You know, it's right before the morning. It begins to roll around. And so at the darkest hour, at midnight, when everything's quiet and everything's dead, they prayed and, and is a conjunctive word. It means whatever comes after it is just as important as what came before it. Sang praises unto God. Did they sing Kumbaya over here in the corner? No, I believe they were singing songs about how great God is. How great is our God? You know, you are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. Hallelujah. Salvation is in the name of the Lord. 
They might have been singing, I'm so glad Jesus set me free in faith. I don't know, but they were singing praises unto God. And it wasn't a little quiet, little, you know, Unitarian whisper in the corner. It was the prisoners heard them. Now, I'll say something a little bit political about that. This, this world system is, is trying to tell the church to shut up and pipe down and be quiet. That's true. And we need to sing praises unto God loud enough that the whole world hears it. I mean, collectively, as the church universal. Amen. We need to, we need to, the, 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 they, now y'all need to pipe down. You're offending people. Oh, really? We haven't even begun. Let's lift our voice. Let's proclaim the gospel. If they throw something at you, just wipe it off and keep preaching. You know, we got to get a little tougher. We're like the manicured, pedicured church, you know, on a little velvet tuft in a way. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, we're so, if anybody looks at us wrong, we don't know what to do. And uh, when it comes to the things of God, we're going to have to toughen up a bit. Say, you know, we're going to proclaim as long as we've got voice. As long as we've got presence of mind, we're going to proclaim the gospel. I don't know what I'm all stirred up for, but I am. Praise God. It's a good service tonight. Like Brother Hagin used to say, how many would rather be here than the best insane asylum in the state? Well, see, you can't even say that anymore because somebody's offended because their Aunt Myrtle's in the insane asylum and whatever. All right. I said that where Oral Roberts missed it in Tulsa is when he built the City of Faith Hospital, he should have had the psycho, the psychiatric tower. Could have filled that up with people in Tulsa that's lost their Anyway, okay. I could have, I got 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 them a short list up. That thing could have paid for everything. All right. (laughs) They sang praises unto God and the prisoners. I love it that the prisoners heard them. They did, they just were not ashamed of the gospel. Hallelujah. Did anything happen? And this is, again, we're talking about the power of praise. This is New Testament. So if it worked then, it could work now. Suddenly. How many need a suddenly in your life? A sudden influx of blessing or healing or money or favor or something, right? The devil will tell you about everything you need. It's going to take forever to get it. That's what he's going to tell you. He's such a liar. Liar, liar, pants on fire. What happened? Well, slowly but surely, there was a slight rumble. No, suddenly. Everybody say suddenly. Woo, I'm expecting some suddenlies. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, a great one. 
So that the foundations of this is so spiritual. The foundations of the prison were shaken. Wow. How many needs the foundation of your prison shaken? And immediately all the doors were opened. There's more spiritual part. And everyone's bands were loose. Everybody got set free. All at one time, suddenly, it's all changed. And then we know that the keeper of the prison, you know, freaked out. He was going to just commit suicide because he knew that that would be easier on him than what they were going to do to him for letting this prison open up. But Paul ended up being a blessing to him, leading him to the Lord. He, he asked, what should I do to be saved when he saw this as a miracle? Folks, when things get really crazy is, is a great time for God to show up big and do great and mighty things. I've heard amazing missionary stories of God doing tremendous things where, uh, you know, some, they were, their stories of the Belgian Congo, especially where there were missionaries that were about to be, uh, killed and possibly cooked and eaten. And, uh, they would see an angel with flaming swords. And all of a sudden the whole tribe would throw their, uh, instruments of war down and run for the hills. And one of them got caught and said, uh, what'd you see? And they said, well, there were two huge angels with flaming swords around the missionaries. And I mean, God does great. The devil can roar and rear and carry on, but God will do great things. And that's why we need to be praising him. We need to expect him to show up when it's time to show up instead of just looking at the bills and going, what are we going to do? Oh, my Lord. We should be spending that time to say, praise God. You know, we're in, we're due for a suddenly. God's going to show up and do great and mighty things. It's going to be a sign and a wonder. Amen. The same thing with our healing. The same thing with our children or grandchildren if they lost their marbles or whatever. You know, I mean, people go wacky, but we can believe God and, and, and praise him. You know, you get some bad news or, you know, something didn't work out. It's, it's, it's really easy just to want to sit and shrug over it and, you know, eat another bowl of tomato soup. But you know what you could do is, uh, you could begin to just worship him and praise him and thank him and say, glory to God. Somebody says, what are you got to shout about? You just received bad news. And you might say, well, that's the reason I'm shouting. Praise God. The devil just thought he's locked me up, threw me in the jail, but I'm rejoicing and praising him. Amen. Why? Because deliverance is on the way. Where when the, when the devil comes, the Bible said, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Lord shall raise a standard up against him. That means declaration of war. That was a standard. You know, remember the Germans, they all carried these sticks with the name of each, you know, re- region or province, you know, on it. And that's a, and some of them were war standards. They were like declaration of war. These are military standards. And, uh, and, uh, every nation, we have them too. They just look more like streamers with flags, but you know, it's like, you remember those, 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 those things would be carried a standard, uh, a stick, uh, a rod of 
<laughs> of this means war. How many rem- Bugs Bunny? You know, this means war. And 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 I'll tell you, every time the devil comes against you, attack you, try to lock you up, lock you down, shut you down, you need to be saying, "Did I just baptize the?" Sometimes we do. Uh, baptize the front here. This is holy water. It's from uh, Publix or somewhere. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <sighs> Sam's. Um, and every time that something just bad starts to happen is when we need to start our shouter cranked up, man. I'm preaching to myself. Because it's easy to go, what's going to happen now? Now what's going to happen? Well, I'll tell you, if you just go with that, it ain't good what's going to happen. But if you'll do like Paul and Silas and praise him and thank him and glorify his name, lift him up and believe in the power of praise, and uh, and somebody says, well, what are you got to praise? What I mean, what did they have to praise about? They're stripped naked, they're chained to the wall, and and they gotten beaten and further threatened. There's nothing to praise God. <laughs> no, it's not like, isn't this glorious? Hallelujah! We're at the Hanoi Hilton. How beautiful! I love preaching to a mature crowd because everybody gets all the jokes. <laughs> If you said Hanoi Hilton to a millennial conference, they would, you're an anti-Vietnamese. That's what you are, you know. I'll start with that. Well, I'm telling you, <laughs> right? Did he say anything? Because <laughs> my wife's got blonde hair. What difference does it make what color her hair is? Oh, please. Don't have time for it. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, we, so we, we begin to shout and praise the Lord and thank Him for what He's about to do. And you can almost have a smug face on about it because you can look your enemy right in the eye and say, if you knew what was coming at you, you'd run and hide. Because you have, like, like David said, you have not justified me. You've defied the armies of the living God. You've defied, like I said, Goliath was a large man with a tiny brain. Because when David said, you haven't defied me, but you've defied the Lord and his army, that that big old dude should have went, whoops, wrong fight. I'm out of here. But instead, he runs at him, and that was a mistake. And I believe that that it wasn't just David and his good, you know, his good Yankees pitch there that hit that that stone. That was the power of God, anointing of God got behind that rock. And it said it sunk into that ugly dude's forehead. Amen. That's another thing about talking to the enemy. You know, David, there talked to the enemy. He said, I'm going to, I'm going to. Cut your head off. And then I'm going to feed your carcass to the, to the fowls of the air and the beasts of the field. Then, you know, sometimes we need to talk to lack or talk to illness or talk to strife in our family and say, listen, what's going to happen to you? You spirit of strife, you spirit of, of, uh, illness, your spirit of fear in Jesus name. And talk to it and tell it and laugh at it. 
and say, this is what's going to happen to you. I'm going to cut your head off and I'm going to feed your carcass to the fowls of the air and the beasts of the field. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, Scarlett, you have to come correct all of my stuff. Oh, praise God. How do you, how do you follow up on that? Such good preaching. You want to stay up here? <laughs> oh my. I just think of the expressions of Thanksgiving, um, and what we can do, the expression of praise. And God gives us some ideas in His Word, you know. First of all, uh, in the Old Testament, and we see, uh, in the New Testament, cause, because they were, they were heard by the prisoners, so they weren't singing in a low, quiet voice um, or singing to themselves or humming. They were heard. And um, so in Psalm 47.1, it says, Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. And I think that we ought to shout to God. <laughs> and, you know, it just does you some good to really be loud sometime. And I, you know, I've been around church for a long time and I know that we have through the years heard people say, well, why do you have to be so loud? Well, sometimes it's just good for your soul. Amen. It's good for your soul. And I don't think God would say shout if it wasn't good for us to shout to God. Amen. And so um, he says how to shout. He says shout with a voice of triumph. So that means that shout like you've already won. And really we have. We, we have already been made winners. We've been made champions in Christ Jesus. So we've already got the victory. Amen. So then when we shout, we can shout like we already have the victory because we really do. We know the end from the beginning. And that's what faith is, is knowing we're gonna, we know the outcome from right now. We know the end from the beginning. And so uh, we can shout. Then also, you know, the Bible says sing. And, you know, we could use the argument. Well, we're not really singers, but we really all can sing. Amen. And I think that uh, in parts of the United States right now, I'm sure you've seen the news. They're saying don't sing. Don't sing. Oh, it just makes me want to sing louder. And I'm not even a singer. But, you know. We can lift our voice and worship the Lord and sing because he said to do it. Amen. And I don't know about you, but I'd rather please God than man. I'd rather obey God than man any day of the week. Hallelujah. So uh, I encourage all our Californians, sing with all your heart. Hallelujah. Sing unto the Lord in tongues. Sing unto the Lord with your understanding. And uh, they're not going to shut us up. Uh, amen. Hallelujah. Um, I think when we sing, the life of God comes out of our mouth and heals people, not COVID to kill people. Amen. Now, that's just me. Praise the Lord. And I believe that some here agree. <laughs> anyway, amen. The life of God. Praise the Lord. In fact, the Bible does say sing to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Amen. Singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. It helps people to hear you sing to God. And that's why the devil wants to shut us up. But he's not going to. And so then in Psalm 134, verse 2, we see lift up your hands. In the sanctuary. 
Lift up your hands. So there's another expression of thanksgiving, another expression of praise that we can do. These are things that we can do to praise him. Amen. Be loud. Hallelujah. Lift our hands. Sing unto him. And then Psalm 149, verse 3. Oh, the devil can't hardly stand this one. It says, dance. Dance before the Lord. Amen. Sometimes you just need to have a good old Holy Ghost dance and just tread on his head. Not when you feel like it. You, the, you, the best time to do it is when you don't feel like it. Amen. And then when you get started, before you know it, you'll be dancing all over your bedroom. You'll be dancing all over these aisles. Hallelujah. Because the Spirit of God joins in with us when we praise Him. Hallelujah. When we worship Him. And so tonight, I just believe that, you know, these are things that we can do not only in church. We're supposed to do them in church. In fact, that's where we really learn, isn't it? So that's where we learn to shout. That's where we learn to dance and to sing and to lift our hands. But you can do them at home. You can do them in the, in, when you're walking in the neighborhood. Amen. <laughs> you can do them hopefully at work sometimes. Praise God. Sometimes you need to dance around your desk at work and just shout. Amen. Um, I had a friend that, uh, God had prospered her through a job. She was a single mom and, and struggling, but she came to our church. She started tithing and giving and, and, uh, just believing God and, and God gave her a sales job. It was at a funeral home and she was, she would, uh, sell plots and all. And so before work, she'd get there early and she'd walk up and down and declare that she was the, the best salesperson there and that people would always buy things from her. And then she'd pray in the spirit and sing in the spirit. And she said that her boss, who wasn't saved, uh, saw the escalation of her bonuses and raises and, and, uh, and sales, uh, You know, and so he told her, he said, you just keep up that chanting out there. You just go on out there and chant (laughs) because he he saw it working. And of course, you know, it meant money for him, too. So he didn't know exactly what it was, but he knew she was chanting, doing something out there. (laughs) So praise God. People will see a difference in you and it'll bless them. It'll help them. It'll encourage them. They'll ask you, why are you smiling when things are so bad? And you say, well, the joy of the Lord's my strength. Amen. And God's turning it around and he's making a way. Hallelujah. We praise his holy name. So I'll close with this. First Thessalonians chapter five and verse 16 says rejoice evermore. Rejoice evermore. So we know that at all times it's okay to rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing in everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. If you wonder what the will of God is, if you don't know what his will is, I just don't know what his will, I don't know what to do. It is always to give thanks. And so I start saying, thank you, Lord. I know what your will is. I know it's giving thanks. And because I'm giving thanks, you're going to reveal everything else to me. Amen. Give thanks for it is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesying. Hallelujah. And then verse 23. And the very God of peace will sanctify you wholly. 
Aren't you glad we don't have to sanctify ourselves? God will sanctify us. Amen. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, it is all hooked in to praise the person, the, 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 uh, the preservation of your spirit, your soul and your body is wrapped up in thanksgiving. I'm convinced of it. Amen. Rejoicing before the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God.